Hello, and welcome to Not Our First Rodeo, a podcast on faith and life by Christian women who have collectively made every mistake in the book. This is a Titus 2 podcast by King of Kings PCA, and we hope this episode is edifying to you as you continue to grow in holiness. Well, hello. I have Helen and Linda with me. Good morning. Hello. And this is Gail. How are you this morning? Good. Yeah. yeah. Doing great. Spring's yeah. here. It doesn't feel like it in Phoenix, <laughs> even though anyone else would die for this weather, right? Yeah. Anyway, here we are on this beautiful day that God has made for us. And this is not our first rodeo. This is a ministry of King of Kings. And it, the sole purpose really is to encourage for older women to encourage younger women to obey God and to be workers in their homes and faithful to what God has called them to. And this is our attempt to share with you. And what we have to say today is based on many failures. And that's why we say we've made every, collectively made every mistake in the book. So um, here we are, and we have a new topic today. There will be two episodes for this topic. There's a book by Matt Smithhurst called Before You Open Your Bible, Nine Heart Postures for Approaching God's Word. And this little book is packed with so much wisdom, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It I, really is. Yeah. It will be one of those, you know, that whole adage, you can't judge a book by its cover. This is one I would have walked right by. It's <laughs> just kind of plain yellow, but boy, is it good. So let's get into this. Um, by way of introduction... We just want to admit up front that God's word can be both daunt, too daunting and too familiar. So now those don't conflict, right? It can be both things right. at the same time. Right. Which feels really paradoxical. Yeah. How can it be too familiar and at the same time be daunting? That just, you know, that's hard to resolve mm. in your head. It is really hard. Um, well, let, let's go with the too daunting first. I don't know how many times I've read the Bible and I, I just stop and think, what did I just read? Is anything saying, I don't know. The, you know, we've all had that experience, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Or, you know, Doug will come home and say, what did you read your quiet time today? Can't even remember. And it was just a few hours ago, right? What's that? And then I just, it becomes daunting because like I'm reading this, but I'm not remembering so even in those times, though, right, God is faithful to nourish us, even when we don't remember and feel. Right. Right? Right. Absolutely. When, we, when I read and think, for example, perfect example, I am reading through Joshua right mm-hmm. now. And I'm in the very beginning where they're just wiping out all the cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, Yipes. And God is instructing them, and they are obedient to what he's instructing them. But those are kind of tough things to read. And then think about application. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the whole, you're talking about the conquest of of Canaan. Yeah, that, you know, we don't need to be embarrassed by anything that's in God's word, right? Because no. we know his character. And sometimes just reading something on face value without knowing what was going on at the time, how Jews would have understood that. Who were these Canaanites? And was God just being 
uh, a mean dictator, you know, yeah. accomplishing genocide. There's so much there that, and this work can be daunting. God first gave them a chance to flee. So before he had his people yeah. annihilate him, and that's one thing that's when people come and say, oh, what kind of God do you have if he would do this? You know, we have a God who's merciful and he gave people a chance to get out. Right. Well, and I think it's really helpful to think about, um, for me, there are very few things that I wouldn't do for my kids, even at the cost of somebody else's kids, <laughs> sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, if I had to choose your kid or my kid, sure, I'm going to choose my kid. And in Isaiah, and I don't remember where, but God says to Israel, I gave up the Amorites, the Hivites, the ites of all the ites for you. Yeah, because he said, you are the apple of my eye. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Scripture can be daunting because we don't understand certain things. And listen, anyone who says it's easy to understand, I, I it's suspect. Written over thousands of years by different people, different languages, different cultures. So that's why we need to be very, you know, as all of us are working through understanding the Bible. I mean, I understand things now I didn't 10 years ago. We probably all have that experience, right? So we need to be very charitable to people on their walk in understanding the Bible. Absolutely. And when there's differing, you have to say, now, is this a differing that's worth breaking fellowship? Because, I mean, I, I don't know if you've all seen it, but it seems more and more, oh, they're this? Well, then they're my enemy. And sometimes we're on the same team. We just view things differently. Now, there's some things we have to say, absolutely no, right? And it just takes wisdom and time and community to figure out what those things are. So it can be daunting. And so that's why we need community as well. But I think we're going to get to that. Okay. What about the too familiar? What do you think about that? Helen, did you have a thought on that? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes when you read something that you've read before, that you don't give it your proper attention. And you think, you know, we, we might have a tendency to just kind of gloss over it and go to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But I have found through the years, the more you read it, this is great about the Bible being God's living word, mm-hmm. the more you read it, um, that same thing can ignite something different that you didn't experience or notice the first time around. And Absolutely. a lot of that has to do with your personal walk with the Lord. That has yes. changed as well. So I, in a way, it's just exciting. It's not like, oh, I got to read this another. I finished one year, now I got to read it again. Because that's what I do. <laughs> I, I need the repetition yeah. uh, for things to stick. And um, it's exciting. Even just, I'm in Deuteronomy. So talk about daunting. <laughs> yeah. I know, but I just read a, a passage in Deuteronomy that spoke to me in a way that it never had before exactly. and and I love when that happens and yeah. it's almost for me like was that even there last time I read it? <laughs> hey someone's adding things here. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, same thing. Yeah. I was like, huh, I don't remember hearing that before. 
And so that's kind of cool. Yeah. And if you just gloss over it and like, oh, I've already read this, you're really missing out and you're losing. Mm-hmm. It it's, can only affect you in a, a negative way. Right. So one thing I've just started doing, maybe the past year, I don't know. I, I always just say the other day, but really it's months or whatever, but um, is n- not staying on a reading schedule per se. And, and it is good to do that. But I don't leave a passage until I feel like I've mined something from it. Me too. Isn't that cool? That's what so I do. So I could not get out of the first 10 chapters of Acts. I just kept rereading it and rereading it, and I'm studying church history for a class. And the fact that I missed the whole Antioch church and what happened there is kind of blowing my mind because I've read Acts how many times, you know, right? And so it's yeah. it shows what you said, Helen, that the Holy Spirit is, in, you know, it breathes life into God's word. He applies it to our hearts. He helps us to understand it. It makes total sense why a non-Christian, a non-Christian can read the Bible and they can learn it yep. and they can, you know, I had someone when I first became a Christian, uh, someone who didn't believe in Christ, um, take out a piece of paper and map out all Paul's missionary journeys and tell me where he stopped it. And I thought, well, yeah, okay, so he knows all that, but he doesn't know Jesus, right. you know. It's not, these aren't false dichotomies. You know, we can learn a bunch of stuff and still know Jesus, but right. knowing Jesus is the thing. So, yeah, I'm reading Acts now, and I'm just like, no, I'm going to squeeze this for as much <laughs> as I can. So it's going to probably take me a long time to get through it, but I'm not in a hurry right now to read it. So, yeah, the familiarity, right? We, can, we see this in relationships, whether it's friendships or a romantic relationship. You know, we think, oh, we know them. Do we? Yeah, to a degree, right? Is there always more to learn and dig? But it takes work, yeah, right? That's the other absolutely. reason it's daunting. Right. It's work. Yeah. And uh, you have to do it even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> and sometimes those end up being the best, right? Yeah. So be careful with familiarity. Saying, well, here we are. We're in Proverbs again. I've read that. Yeah, maybe we've read it, but maybe God has something new for us as well. So how we approach this amazing book, it's of an immense size, right? Not easy to understand, and yet it's the best-selling book of all time and continues to be that. And there's good reason for that because it changes people's lives. (laughs) Right. Right. So we are going to go through five ways in this episode, five ways to approach the Bible. And so the first way is prayerfully. Who would like to comment on that? Well, I find for myself, prayerfully, it should be the top. You need to start there. And what are you asking for? I, I ask God, like David did, mm-hmm. search me, oh God, know my heart. Well, I already know my heart's wicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he knows my heart's wicked. So then it's show me what I need to do. What, I, what do I need to change? And it doesn't stop there. Throughout my day, Lord, mm. remind me. Perk my spirit to know, oh, you did it again. 
Uh, mm. You did it again. Because I want to repent of these things and I want to change. And if I'm not paying attention, then it's off or not, you know. Then you're just kind of going through the motions. Right. Right. Because we come to faith, right? It's an act of God. We are sanctified by an act of God. If we're going to understand Scripture as you yeah. know, something of the Holy Spirit, why wouldn't we appeal to him as we go to it? Because I don't know about you, if I don't do that, I often can be a couple sentences in and I'm making out my grocery list or, you know, start picking at something yeah, or, yeah. oh, I see something across the room, you know. It's so we, we listen to this quotation um, on page four of the book. I am convinced that a prayerless approach to God's word is a major reason for the low level dissatisfaction that hums beneath the surface of our lives. Wow. wow. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah. I pray a little bit differently than you, Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, before I start, I usually ask God to help me see Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to, to know Him more. And, and when those grocery list things pop up in my head, <laughs> I have conditioned myself, I've developed the habit of just stopping right then and asking God to take that away. Yes. Yeah. And See, what you're doing is right in the moment, yes. you're aware of God and processing with Him. Right. Yeah, and, and He's good. He always does, you know, because the enemy, if the enemy can populate your brain with improper thoughts, you know, unhelpful thoughts. Yeah. Distractions. Distractions while you're reading. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Have you read Flannery O'Connor's prayer journal? They just found it, and it just came out a couple years ago. And it's pretty short, but she is so honest. She's, mm-hmm. you know, praying to God. She goes, yeah, I'm praying to you, God, about I want to give you my life. But, you know, throughout this time, I've just been lusting over some. <laughs> No. Wow. Would you take that away? Mm-hmm. And like you said, Linda, if we're honest, the enemy's going to put... Yeah. Sometimes it's just distracting, not necessarily impure, but yeah. he will use any lure in the bait box, yeah. depending on you know, where you're at. You know? So prayer is such an important thing. It doesn't have to be long, but like, and it doesn't have to be exactly the same. You ladies no, pray right. a little differently, but right. and both are valid, right? Mm-hmm. To pray and confess... And to, you know, have that cleansing before God as you, you know, are aware of your sins, you bring them before him. What a great way to approach scripture, asking to know him more. God, reveal yourself to me through these pages. Don't, you know, uh, yeah. And then, and we've known there, there's times we can do that and it still feels dry. Yep. Do it anyway. You mentioned habit. We don't have time to get into it, but that's one of my favorite topics in formation. And uh, the book we're reading for women's Bible study leans heavily. We underestimate how God made us to develop habits, both good and bad. And some of these habits that we develop going approaching God's word are really important. So here's some verses that might help in this area. Psalm 119, 36. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Yeah. Isn't that good? Yeah. You know, because sometimes I, I, I approach scripture going, I need something and you better get me out of this funk I'm in, you know, and that's not really the right way. But to appeal to God, I think is just a beautiful as we go to him. 
Uh, what else? Anything else on prayer? Yeah, I think confession. I don't know. I, sometimes that's a bad word. And if you're not going to confess to the Almighty who already knows, mm-hmm. you know, then how can we confess to one another? Mm-hmm. Which right. we're also instructed to that's do. That's right. But um, I find that confessing first, kind of as as the Lord, you know, he opens Mm-hmm. that pathway again you know all that oh. sin just blocks all me hearing him talking um it kind of just erases it all mm. and allows a clear pathway of understanding that's really good and you know i just i just thought of this helen as you were speaking is that it mirrors what we do in our liturgy right right yeah we're called exactly. to worship we confess our sins and really, you can't go wrong following the liturgy, even in your po- personal devotion, right? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that's great. Another verse, Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. So the author makes a point. When you open your Bible, don't expect to be put under some mystical spell. You know, I would love to see a vision. I, I say that I'd probably be scared to death, but when you hear of people having visions in the Bible, you're like, that would be so awesome, you know. Um, but usually they're terrified. They yes. are. They usually hit the ground and cover their eyes, you know. Um, so it's not like, it's not like God, first of all, he wrote the Bible not to us. So we have to make sure, because you can come up with some really wacky things, but he wrote it for us. And that's how we need to approach it. God, what do you have for me here um, that you want me to see? What did you want your first people to see? How would they have understood this? What does that mean for us today? And and it's always good to do it in that order first, not what does this mean Mm -hmm. to me, before we know what it (laughs) meant to the original audience, right? Um, But yeah, we don't, I don't, I think we're setting ourselves up for some kind of disappointment if we think every time we're going to have this rich feeling now i love when those happen right yeah but even in our relationships with each other people right there's times that are just kind of go around along more ordinary but those are beautiful and they feed us as well i think yeah i mean scripture often compares a relationship with god to a marriage if you Mm -hmm. think about a long-term marriage if you expected fireworks every time you saw your par- your spouse, you'd be <laughs> sorely disappointed. Yeah. And how many people get divorced because they're like, well, I don't, we fell out of love, right? We don't, we've grown apart. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, if there's abuse and stuff like that, that's another issue. But yeah, Tim Keller in The Meaning of Marriage says, um... I've been married to 20 different women, and they're all my wife, you know, <laughs> meaning that we change yes, and grow, absolutely. and then that's part of the process. But it's the same thing with God's Word. If we give up before we've put in the time to start actually getting the richness of it, we're being very short-sighted. Yeah. And if, if there's anything our culture is, is immediate gratification, yeah. you know, I want to read the Bible. You know, I've done it for three months. How come I don't know everything? <laughs> right? This is a lifelong journey. 
So prayerfully is really important. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, I'm just seeing here, you know, reminded that we will worship something. He quotes David Foster Wallace. And that's really one of my favorite, maybe my favorite graduation speech online by a man who is not a Christian, right? Have you right. heard it? No. Um, he's addressing it, and he says some of the wisest things about life. Um, here's a little excerpt. This is on page 12 of the book. The compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship is that pretty much anything else you, you worship will eat you alive. This is so good. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning into life, you will never feel like you have enough. If, when you tap real, okay, worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power and you will end up feeling weak and afraid and you will need ever more power over others to numb your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. But the insidious thing about these forms of worship is they're unconscious. They're your default setting, which goes back to habit. Even right. though that's what I want to talk about, I have to be careful not to go too much in here. But, you know, it's the reading of God's word over and over again, whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel like you're getting anything or not. And to do that prayerfully, to approach God's word, then we'll be worshiping the true God, not these false idols that our culture and our own heart have kidnapped, right? Number two, it says to approach the Bible humbly. That's interesting. What do you think that entails? What does that mean? For me, I think it means coming to it with the understanding that I don't, know it all mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. you know that God's word is deep and rich as you said Helen living and active mm-hmm. and we can read and study for our entire lives and not know right everything there is to know mm. yeah so humbly we when we be, come before God, we are coming before his revealed word to us. Right. You know, and he's actually condescending to us to teach us and to have a relationship with us. Because, right, it's not, it, it, of course, head knowledge is, we need that as well. That's not the end game either. It's relationship with Christ that is strengthened and um, a greater trust based on his word. So we need to be humble. We have to think, you are God, and I am not. Well, that's not so obvious. And that's it. It's not a self-serving thing. Yeah. It's not about me. And that's the only way, you know, if you put intellect in there, well, I already know this. Mm. It's, who are you talking to? We are but, you know, we are but dust. <clears throat> and we need to remember the creator and our position in there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we can't, in that relational uh, vein, that we can't speak to him boldly or um, ask bold things of him. But at the end, even you can even want to complain. You can even complain to him. He's, yeah, he he's, knows it anyway. He's right? your father. You can say these things. But at the end of that, 
remember who you are. Mm, you good. are his child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doug's one of Doug's favorite analogies. He used, I I stole this from him, but so you're right, Helen. We it Hebrews says we can approach the throne with confidence mm-hmm. because of what Christ did on the cross, right? Right. Um, but he says, you know, there's this famous picture in Life magazine of John Kennedy sitting at the desk mm-hmm. and little John John's underneath. Yeah. Now. It's a great picture. Isn't it great? Mm-hmm. None of us would be so bold as to crawl underneath the president's desk. <laughs> well, unless we got screwed loose somewhere, right? Um, but that's his dad. Yeah. So he could crawl on his lap. He can go underneath his desk. He could run around the Oval Office yeah. because that's his dad. Right. You know, and we have that access. Like Helen said, we can be completely honest with what we're feeling, but at the end, remember, this is the king of the universe. That's right. Yeah. Creator of everything. Yeah. I've been um, watching a, a Bible study on YouTube, which is really good, but the um, leader said she described faith as clinging on to Jesus and acknowledging our need. And that's a great picture mm-hmm. of of who we are. Yeah. Because we can't hang on, he <coughs> hangs on to us. And we need him more than we need anything else. That's right. And isn't it weird how the world and our own sin, right? Thinks we need other things more than him. Yeah, so we need to come prayerfully and humbly before God because he is the king of the universe. We are not, and yet, someone mentioned the paradox, yet he wrote his word to speak to us. He wants that relationship with us. Yeah, exactly. That's hard to even grasp. (laughs) It is. (laughs) And then to think that we say, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. God summons us. He wants to be with us and then we just blow that up so all right well i think that'll wrap up this session i think it's going to be three sessions we thought maybe two there's a lot of good stuff in this little book there is so uh, tune in two more times for the to for the completion of this today's episode was brought to you by the women of king of kings church visit our show notes for more information 